You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, everybody. I hope you're well today. I'm so grateful that we get to talk to Haley Brown today. She is one of my favorite counselors out there, an EM certified coach, and we are all in for such a treat as she walks us through the Family Ties episode here as we cover how to work with in laws, upcoming holidays. We are here in October 2022. Also, we know that family is all year round and Haley just gives us good, solid counseling tips. She is a nine with equal wings, a one and eight, and she's also married to a five, which was extra exciting for this episode because I don't get to have as many nine fives on the actual show because these are two withdrawing types. So as you know, you see a lot of sevens and threes and eights. And so, wow, we are just in for a treat. We have grounded wisdom coming from that nine five glow today. And boy, do we need it on this topic, right? So I know you're with me and we are just going to glean some gold from her today. If you ever want even deeper dives, make sure you check out our Wednesday episodes because as you know, we have the Enneagram and Marriage Membership Collective Or you can just through Apple Podcasts get on these extra episodes. And we don't mean to be exclusive, but it is a way for me to delve in deeper. And I do this instead of more sessions through the week. And we really go to levels that we can't always touch on on a Monday show. So if you need more E&M in your life, head to our website, get our freebies, or check out these deep dives. Also, so you know, we have a fun new opening of our collective this Saturday. So make sure you join us if you want to be in this open window where we have open membership again. So happy about that. We have been rolling and we have every single month a Zoom time together where we really get to talk and walk out for those who are extrovert or just want some time in a group, some new learnings and teaching and that deeper dive style. And then also we have a blog. We have a whole course and library inside of the class so that you can truly soak up on your own with PDFs. And I'm so grateful we've had I've actually gotten to know the other side of this podcast, like the people. So I'm very happy about that. And also finding that we get to exchange information and of course, more than information, hearts in our Facebook group. But you know, it's easier for me to say information, but really heart to heart in bow. So I'm excited that I've gotten this deeper dive with people. And if you want to join that, check out the show notes also. But right now we're just in for, like I said, such a treat because we all have extended family issues from time to time, if not always. And if you're listening live, I know I'm giving you updates on Hurricane Ian and everybody is that I can see doing their work and trying to do their work. Some, of course, are still in the thick of it and haven't started the post work yet because they're still in the midst of the crisis. But those who can heal are healing. And I'm grateful and I'm grateful to see people can get back to drying out and finding their items and I know that we did not have that issue and there's a different responsibility that comes on that side, but it's been hard and really moving to see the way that people will rebuild with hope and children to elderly just really trying to make sense of weather patterns. It's hard. We are studying geography this year and I know my son and I were reading how a lot of the people in the ancient world would be very grateful when there was a flood because it would help lift things up. And I thought of how Florida is such a farming community. And I know that because even though we live in the urban parts, I'm always driving to friends' houses that are in the inroads of Florida and you get to see all the farms we have. And I just, I know that there's going to be pros and cons to that and that there are ways that the terrain is shaped and changed. But I'm just learning how to walk through this with humility, knowing I wasn't as touched as others, but that I was more touched than others and just trying to find my place in it and to learn what is mine to do. 
amidst all the homeschooling and all of the E&M and the couples. And also Wes is having to do that as well because we live these supercharged lives. And so even he kind of fell flat after saying, what can we do to help others? Then, you know, a few days later, he's like, I'm exhausted. So we're learning with you that you have to have margin in order to help well. And you have to hold grace for each other because we just don't know one another's interiors fully to know what each of us can handle. So we have to be doing our work. So again, I welcome you to the collective. If you want to do the work with me, if you need that extra touch on your marriage, that's truly where I feel called. And of course, trying to do the same and hold some margin in my life too. And Wes has been holding me to Sabbath, a full Sabbath on most Saturdays so that I can just rest and read. So with you to just, you know, have those date nights, have the physical fitness times, have the times of spiritual. And I will be saying a prayer at the end of this episode for those who also need that spiritual reboot, but just really here with you for it all. And so grateful that Haley can speak into all of our lives with her wonderful messaging about how we can walk through issues. Yay for getting to learn about her pairing. Biggest yay though is that she's willing to tackle a tough subject and as a counselor of 10 years, it is such a gift to us to have her wisdom and all the families she's walked through this with. We're just more of those. So this is how she's using her social gift. We thank her so much today. Very fun and quick aside about Haley is you'll hear me reference a striking correlation between Emma in the book Emma by Jane Austen and Haley in terms of her match to her husband. But what's extra interesting, and I didn't process this till after, and of course I realize this is a total literary aside, but we all know that literature was the best psychology before psychologists even existed, and especially Jane Austen, of course. So What I was going to tell you is even if you haven't read the books, what's so interesting is not only do we have a love match similar to Emma and Mr. Knightley when we get to hear Haley's story, but we also have a relationship where the it's so funny because of our topic today being extended family. In both cases, there's a great respect for her father, Emma's father in the book, Emma and Mr. Knightley really loving him despite his issues. And then we don't hear about Haley's dad with issues, but we just hear that there was a love and a respect between them and a friendship. And it just reminds you, especially if you're single, this is a great start is to have a good relationship with the opposite person's family. And If you can have a good relationship, at least to have a healthy dosing and respect for the fact that this person got your partner to this point. And so there's some respect due just for that alone, usually. So anyway, I just thought that was such an interesting aside is all these parallels. So anywho, hope you read that book too. It's really good. But yes, let's talk in-laws and let's learn from her together. Haley, I am so honored to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Krista. Um, You really know how to make this Enneagram 9s feel like her presence matters. So I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Well, it certainly does matter. We are just excited for this episode today. You have taken on a big topic, which I love as a body type. You've got all the power for it. So we are so excited to go here with you today. Oh, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about our conversation. Yeah. Me too. And I'm so grateful that you are part of the Enneagram and Marriage Certified Coaches team. So people listening can know that about you too. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your practice? Yes, yes. So yes, just becoming certified um, with the Enneagram and Marriage has been such an unexpected gift for me this past year. Um, I'm in my 10th year of being a um, licensed mental health counselor. Um, here in North Carolina, and but have just learned so much from the Enneagram the past four or five years, and so um, was living abroad this past year, and found you and your podcast, and then found you on Instagram, and then scoured your website and reached out, and it's just been a really sweet journey. And I can tell you that since I've moved back to here to North Carolina this summer. And started seeing new clients and new couples. I've already seen just tremendous growth in these clients and being able to figure out their number and just being able to get right to the heart of some things um, using things that I've learned in all your modules and the certification program. So it's a little bit about me professionally. Um, 
I am a North Carolina native and I married another North Carolina native. His name is Palmer mm-hmm. and we've been married 13 years and we have two daughters. One just turned 12. Her name is Lucy and uh, one just turned nine and her name is Abby. Oh my gosh. What cute names. How <laughs> adorable. And you guys were living in England for a while. Yes. Yes. For a year. Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was a big adventure for us. We got to be just a lot closer as a family, a lot closer as a couple, Palmer and I, um, and it was a great year. It's a really good adventure for us, but we're happy to be back home for sure. Oh, I'm so glad. And I know that you guys are just as we're all almost heading to holidays for those listening in the live season of late 2022, you are just really helping your clients and us today to walk through some extended family issues. But I really today just want to take a peek into your life. This is so exciting for us to have a nine, five couple pairing discussed on the show. So tell us about your pairing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been so much fun to learn about our pairing. Um, and it's just so fruitful in the short amount of time that we've really been digging in. Mm-hmm. So I am an Enneagram nine and he is an Enneagram five. Um, uh-huh. and I, gosh, I love a lot about our, our pairing. Um, I think if I go back to the very beginning, he was just super attractive to me because he was just steady and just has this quiet confidence. He just doesn't have to say a whole lot. You just, he just sort of exudes warmth and confidence and just this inner strength that as a, I think uh, we started dating when I was 21. Um, it just was, just drew me in. I remember his voice was like so attractive. I'm like, oh, he's just, he's just so steady. Um, so I think that piece of it um Oh, I love that part of our, our story. Um, and, and how did you guys meet too? I love that that attracted you. Even the vocals, yeah. you could just sense the steadiness of him. How did you guys meet at 21? Yeah. So, so I really love our love story. So he and my dad actually have worked for the same company for over 20 years. And so he is 15 years older than me. So while he, I was 21, we started dating, he was 36. And it really uh, started because I interned at their company one summer in college. And honestly, this is where body type, I totally get it now. I saw him and my stomach just flipped, which was not not a thing that happened with me ever. Um, And because I knew he was so much older, because I knew he and my dad were friends and colleagues, I just prayed and I just journaled um, for about a year. And God just sort of opened up little opportunities for us to be around each other. And I think he was feeling some feelings too, because about a year later, um, he just had a conversation with my dad said, Hey, I think that I really would like to start to really get to know Haley, but I know that's a big deal Mm. for obvious reasons. So I want to come to you and ask first, um, which obviously won me over because I was very close to my dad and trust him a lot. And Palmer does as well, still does to this day. Um, So that is how we met, but it's just this, that body type of like, I know, like, I know that he's good. And I know that we would be just a great, a great pairing, great couple together. So that's been really neat for me to, to realize now being a nine, being a body type, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing that it's like, it pulls it all together and you're like, now that's what it was. Wow. Well, I'm going to dig a little, I don't mind if you tell us about this, our listeners, we love to hear because it's always unique. And this is a beautiful glow you have. What does he say that really struck him about you? And I mean, you're dazzling, so I can see it, but I just want to know like what he said. Yeah. So one thing I'm, I'm pretty sure he would say would be this like, no drama. I mean, what you see is sort of what you get with me. Um, I, I would say that he was probably attracted to, um, my faith was probably a big aspect and that in turn attracted me to him as well. I'm just knowing I'm a a strong Christian. 
Mm-hmm. And then knowing sort of my value system, I was an athlete or am an, am an athlete, but was a college athlete. So I think that was attractive and he knew I knew how to work hard, but really I, I think he just, because he had been, you know, he was 36 when we started dating. I mean, that's sort of a lot of years to be on your own. I mean, he had dated yeah. girlfriends, but he yeah. had just sort of decided, you know, God, like, it's okay if I never get married, you know, it's okay if I never have a family. So he likes to say like, you're, you're my dream girl. Like you're that girl. I just always like, you know, hoped was out there, but honestly was not sure it was ever going to happen. So yeah, that blesses me to no end when he brings that back up over the years. So yeah, I think that's, I think I probably missed something, but I think those are the main things that he would say sort of drew him in. Mm, no, that was, yeah, I'm sure there's more. I would agree. He's <laughs> like, I could go on all day about this, but the truth is that's the main piece is that yeah. he, you were a special blessing that he wasn't even necessarily looking for, which is really yeah. cool that he wasn't like, I have to have somebody I'll die without somebody. Yeah. So you were this icing on the cake. And now of course we got to talking before we got on here, when you guys are apart, you you're realizing stable as we both are, we really do love being together. Yes. I think that's, you know, we, we both, I think of always, we're both the oldest um, child in our household and, or in our family of origin. Mm -hmm. So I think naturally you're not all all the time, but you're more independent in a lot of cases. And so a big growth area in our marriage has been, you know, yes, it's good that we're independent, but we also were meant to be interdependent. We're meant to be this intimate team and, Mm -hmm. um, be one and just be as be close, be intimately close, emotionally, physically. So that's been really um, just a big part of our growth as a couple um, for two withdrawing types. I mean, we're, we're both, we're both in those, that, that stances of we, we withdraw, we sort of, you know, when something happens or we're going through something or it gets difficult or just everyday basis, getting things done, we tend to just put our head down and, mm-hmm. and get the work done, get through it. So a big growing curve has been, you know, checking in and this is a point where we really need each other, especially when mm-hmm. it's something that impacts our, our marriage or our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've got two daughters together and there's international travel. So you're Mm -hmm. right. It's good that you're both being intentional to speak up because I like how our listeners, like some of our listeners know the nine and five pairing are both withdrawing types, like you said. And so it's very helpful to see how do two aggressive types do this? How do people who are both compliant and, and all these different iterations. So thank you for helping us to see it takes work no matter what, because Mm -hmm. I think you're pairing out of all of them. I've noticed is seen as one of the easier pairings. Um, And that can be true, but there's always things to learn in each pairing and each pairing can also have their shadows, right? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. To speak to that a little bit for us, um, as I was saying, we, you know, probably the first eight years of our marriage, um, you know, things were fine. Like, you know, we, we got along, we rarely argued. Um, we, we were raising two beautiful, strong-willed children, neither of which are in the withdrawing stance, by the way. Oh, <laughs> isn't that funny how it seems to be the next gen is not what you are. <laughs> and neither of which are introverted, which we're both introverted. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, wow. you know, things were going very well. Like we love each other. We've always had a deep respect for one another. Um, but there just wasn't that closeness, like that intimacy that, um, uh, especially I felt that we could have as a couple. Um, so there's a lot of praying, there was some counseling still is some counseling. You know, I, I I'm a firm believer that, that, mm definitely in seasons, we all need counseling, whether it's individually or in our marriages and in our families. Um, but we've had to fight against that. Um, you know, it's not for me, it's not just about keeping the peace and not talking about hard things and not Mm. leaning into conflicts, but it's the opposite of that. It's being vulnerable and leaning into conflicts and having hard conversations, even when we disagree. So that's something we've gotten a lot better at, but that we obviously, I mean, we still have uh, a ways to go for sure. 
Yeah. You're like, we're in it. Like we may always be in it. And that's really Mm -hmm. what I, and I'm sure we all appreciate when we have guests who continue the work together, we're this collective of saying, you know, we're in different places in different times. And sometimes we're in different parts of that glow, the seasons of change. Like we might be like, we're in our afterglow because we're really thriving, but we're also doing our counseling work each week because we still have ongoing work to do. So we're still immersing. So I like that you're just being honest about that. So our listeners don't feel like they're behind if they're still doing work, right? No. Yeah. You're not behind at all. I think one of my favorite things about my husband is that he is, if you know him, he, he's a constant learner. Like Mm. he asks really good questions. You know, fives are super thoughtful. Mm. And in fact, um, I've often had a, I've often had difficulty understanding the tendency for, for them to uh, deal with avarice um, because I just, don't, I see him as very generous in a lot of ways. Um, Mm. uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with his life verse, you know, his life verse is Micah six, eight. And, you know, I see him every day, you know, doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly, Mm. um, before God, like in the, in the eyes of the world, like he has all the success anyone would ever want yet. Wow. He never boasts. Um, and he's always trying to be better. And he's always trying to um, just set a good example at work and, and our, in, a, in our home and for me um, and for the kids. So I think that that uh, because he set such a good example of that, like not not acting like he knows it all, acting like he has it all figured out, but constantly just sort of being curious and not being afraid to ask a question to clarify. I think that's one of his biggest strengths that I've tried to sort of adopt as one of my own as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's been part of you finding your 2.0 together is Mm -hmm. he's truly rubbing off on you with Mm -hmm. this. And I hear it like you have a constant desire to learn too. And you may have had some of that, but he really keeps you out of any kind of nine issues of inactivity, but you're also just saying, even I question sometimes, uh, the whole avarice because somebody just said that to me the other day too, about their five. And I think what you're getting at is that sometimes whether it be birth order or gender, or in this case, especially faith as an overlay that Mm -hmm. sometimes the work is like, you know, that was my life verse and mission already. So he already met you in a different space. And maybe if you had met him as a very young child or something, he would have been different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It just depends on where, where the person is on their journey with that. I did sort of, uh, I I came to a a little bit of a conclusion with the avarice in him. And it's a a, sort of a funny story. He, what he's greedy about is, um, it comes up in situations where like, he'll be watching me doing something like working at it, working at it as like a small mundane task or whatever. I'll just feel him observing me and it'll go wrong. Like it won't be right. Like trying to put something together and putting the the wrong into it and you know, it doesn't work. And he he'll say like, yeah, I didn't think that was going to work. Like <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you say something? <laughs> so that's been really funny for us to say like, that's your avarice. Like, like it's this withholding of knowledge or this withholding of yeah. um, what he knows um, that often comes out in those sorts of ways. Like he knew I was supposed to turn right there, but he doesn't say anything. He just let me go left and sort of wander around and find my way back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think he sort of, because he's the observer, I'm just putting myself in his shoes. He kind of probably likes to watch you because he's an observer and then he can teach you. Um, you know, remember we saw that meme recently, um, you know, I told like, did it hurt when I I told you to Google it or did what was that meme about five? Yes. That was a really good one. Yeah. I think that's, you're probably spot on with that. Like, let me just see how this pans out. Um, (laughs) but we joke now I say to him, I'm like, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. Just if you see me about to mess up or taking the long way, um, just tell me, like, I would love for you to just, just tell me. (laughs) Wow. And does he have a tendency to say like, I mean, and I love that you say that by the way, and does he have a a tendency to say, let me just do it for you? Or is it also more of, okay. (laughs) Not at all. No, (laughs) 
<laughs> it doesn't do that at all. Okay. <laughs> That's what I've been encouraging him to do. Um, <laughs> you're so funny. As a nine, you're like, just do it for me. Just do it for me. <laughs> really just doing it for me um, would be great. Um, yeah, no, that's, that, that's funny. I, he, he was, I told him the other day, cause he's in it and, um, we got a new coffee maker and it was only producing like, I don't know, a cup of coffee at one time. And it was driving me nuts and it wasn't hot enough. Yeah. And I, I was like, I am going to figure this out. I'm going to be like a five and I'm going to get on the computer. And I'm going to research this coffee maker. And so I did. I figured it out and I called him and told him and I was like, you're so proud of me, aren't you? And he's like, I am really proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of just drinking my lukewarm coffee, um, put on my thinking cap and researched it. Um, So I knew he'd he'd be proud of me for that. Yeah. I think that's what we're, we're really leaning into as we learn about each of the types is there's a special sauce and a five loves to teach you and let you do it. And like you said, kind of like, I want you to experience the joys of, I hear this a lot from fives of going up against the wall and staying there and breathing through it and pushing past it. So, mm-hmm. Oh, what a gift you guys are to each other. I know that you make him feel so competent and it's just such a nice blend. But um, I, before we get into our next topic, I was just going to give a quick aside that is literary, but I think it might resonate with you or some of our listeners that I noticed that in the book, Emma, Mr. Knightley, when you say that he's 15 years older and he may be a five because he's like trying to teach Emma everything. And she's like, do you really think you're that much better than me? And he's like, well, I was 15 when you were born. (laughs) First I was sort of mad. And then I heard that I'm like, well, you know, he's saying, let me let you catch up. Like I have had 15 years on you. So it was not really an arrogance, but just a resolute, Mm -hmm. like I want to teach you. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that, that really resonates with me. And I, when I think back to when I was um, 20, you know, I sort of knew I was going to need someone who had lived some life. Like Mm -hmm. I was going to need someone who had some wisdom and that was secure in himself. Um, Like as a, you know, 19, 20 year old, I was pretty, um, pretty certain that that was going to be something that attracted me to me. um, That was attractive to me. And he's definitely all these things. I mean, he would say I've taught him a lot too, in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. there are so many things that, um, that he's modeled mm-hmm. by action and so many things that he's, he's walked me through and mm-hmm. we've walked through together in the last, we've been dating for 15 years. So I guess I can say 15 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that's beautiful. And thank you for just being so honoring. I I always try to be honoring to the person not with us. So thank you for being honoring with him. And of course, we honor you for all the work you've put in too. And this leads right into helping our listeners to be able to process extended family issues. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. talking about that all through this month. When your clients are struggling with extended family issues, how do you try to help them? Because I know that's probably fairly common. Gosh, it's so common. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've had a couple in the last 10 years that we haven't at some point had to focus on extended family issues. Mm-hmm. So I think probably across the board, um, not every single client that I have are Christian, but I think a lot of them are. And so if they are, and we know that about each other, I think it's always good to start with, you know, believing in the cleaving, like have you truly, you know, God says we need to leave our family of origin and cleave to our wife, our church that I've been a part of for a long time here has, uh, you know, offers a class for premarital couples. And that's a big topic. Like Hmm. it's, it's going to be hard. Hopefully your parents will make it easier on you now that you're getting married, but that's not necessarily the case, but it is such an important issue because it just keeps coming up. I mean, like you were saying, heading into Thanksgiving, Christmas, like all those family gatherings with extended family, we don't just magically get there. Like we don't just magically agree on where we should spend our time and how much time and mm-hmm. what we're going to spend our time doing. I mean, those things can be very stressful, especially if you haven't totally, if you're not on the same page with your spouse and you haven't, if you don't hold your family and your spouse as the number one priority, as mm-hmm. you're spending time with extended family. 
Hmm. That's huge. And you're validating that everyone listening, you're not alone. Once mm-hmm. again, if this is going on for you or has in the past. And I mean, one of the things you're saying is get premarital work, get some sort of support. Your church has been a great place for that and try to be part of couples groups. I mean, that's huge because we know from research that when you find out you're not alone and other couples go through things, it really helps and not just find out in general, but like really dig in. And I'm sure that helped you along the way and some of them to just be part of these groups. Absolutely. It's an accountability thing, right? Um, I mean, it's a, you know, I'm going through this too, but it's also, um, I think we all in pretty much every area at times need to be held accountable. And if this is an issue, you know, if this is one of those spots in your marriage, that's conflictual, you know, dealing with your in-laws or dealing with your parents, you know, parents that don't have healthy boundaries and things like that. Like you're going to need people to lean on, mm-hmm. um, not just your spouse, you know, you need, like you were saying, um, someone from your church, a community group, a, a counselor, a coach, mm-hmm. um, a pastor, you know, someone that you can trust that can, you know, say, Hey, can, can also say to you, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Like, you know, just be able to be honest with you um, while also encouraging you to set those healthy boundaries and to check in with your spouse and to still be respectful and honor your parents. If it's Mm. dealing with uh, your, your, your parents or your in-laws, you know, that's sort of a fine balance, um, Mm. especially when it comes to those times of year where we're expected to sort of be everywhere for everybody celebrating everything. Mm -hmm. And I think each type has different ways of being stubborn about it. So it's nice for us to have that accountability. I know it's benefited me many times where people say, you know, yeah, you're telling me something I've heard before. I've been there or, and this is how I've solved it. And sometimes you just have this magical thinking and this way of thinking, I'm the only one who's ever gone through this, or surely if I have this, it's unfair. And then just to hear friends and supporters say, I remember one marriage coach said to me, it's only for a few days or a week or two weeks, whatever it was. And I was sort of like, man, I hired you to tell me that I was right. <laughs> you know, and she's like, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, yes, it is. And like, of course, there was more to it. And like, if I wanted, psychoanalysis, I would have gone to somebody who would have been like, this is a totally deeper issue. But what I needed in that moment, frankly, was a coach to say, you can do this week. And so I'm glad that you're reminding people they can do that. And so in that, it's that it's that accountability. What else do you feel like helps couples, especially like you hinted at when one of us may know about boundaries, but the other one doesn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that if we're just talking about, I'll use Palmer and I for an example. So we're actually both ha- are, have a dominant subtype of self-preserving. So you add that on top of like with oh, wow. types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were lucky to get you on. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing, growing. And I love this. So yes. But I, I've learned over the years, he has taught me and I have tried, you know, hopefully this is because I've been paying attention. He yeah. needs to know the plan. Like, yeah. He doesn't, he needs to know the plan in advance. So for instance, I have one sister and we're very close and she has four adorable boys. They're four twins that are two and then a six month old, all boys, Mm -hmm. precious. So I love spending time with them, but I've gotten myself in trouble because I will go ahead and plan it. Yeah. And then maybe tell them like the week before that does not work. Like that doesn't work with a five. I would venture to guess that doesn't work for other types in different situations. So that's been like a real growing edge for me and that he can vocalize that. Like I, I love, I love spending time with them too, but I need to sort of know what's going on so that I can, you know, conserve energy. This is me speaking for him. He doesn't, he's not quite there yet with the language, but that's what he needs to do is be able to know the plan. So he feels like he has enough energy yeah. Um, they can attend to different things in order to be present and be there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of it. It, I think it does get tricky when you have to, to use our family as an example, again, um, my parents divorced when I was separated, when I was 
21 and divorced when I was 23. So I joke and say like divorced is the gift that keeps on giving for adult children, right? Because you have to then attend to each parent, their new spouses, and then your spouse's parents. So it gets a little bit complicated. And especially when maybe you don't have, you don't have the same understanding of like, what is a healthy boundary? And then you layer on top of that, Enneagram type stance instincts. Like you've got one that just wants to be social all the time. And then you've got Palmer and I who are like, gosh, like we love being around our family, but we need to also have time just for our core for um, ourselves and our daughters and each other. Um, So it is, it's, it's really asking, really staying in close contact with you and your partner and then just being prepared to have some sort of tough conversations with whether it's your parents or your siblings, your aunts, your uncles, and just saying, Hey, we love you. Here's what we've got going on. And I want to be able to spend time with you all, but it, it might look different this year. You know, it might not look how it's looked the previous years. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's a, that can be a challenge. I know for a lot of folks. Yeah. There's Uh, a lot of loss there. Sorry. Yeah, I know there's a lot of loss. Um, you know, and I think I'm sort of reiterating myself here, but I'm just thinking of a particular couple who I love and I've just been, we've been through a lot over the years together and this is one of their, their issues. And, And it is, it's, it's very difficult because they are trying so hard to grow as a couple and a family and deal with sort of some life circumstances yet. They have, a they have a part of their extended family that just won't budge on mm-hmm. tradition on this is the way we've always done things yeah. um, and just no flexibility or understanding. And that is a hard situation. Like Hmm. that's just hard across the board, but I just try to encourage them and say, as long as the two of you are on the same page, like everything else will work out. I mean, everything else will, if you can get through it together and stay on the same page together, Mm -hmm. um, it will be easier. You know, your family will come around. And if they don't, then the most important thing is that the two of you are together on it. Mm. Um, and that's really hard. Like yeah. that's easy for me, me to say, but it's very hard to walk out. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And I heard you also hint that the instincts are a player there. And so when we have a mismatch of instincts, there's a gift you can give one another to say, like, I think we could lean in more. And the other one, like, I think we need rest, but it takes time to get there. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, what, what are some of the things you do when couples aren't there yet? And I, I don't know if I was thinking this earlier with your nine and five, when you said we have to lean in, like, is compromise a part of that? Sometimes when one says, I want to do this, like we're not on the same page. And Mm -hmm. also I know people try to trick each other sometimes. So I also like that you said, like, don't trick each other, like tell them in advance the plans Mm -hmm. because like, oh, maybe I'll just tell you like two days advance. That's probably not the right thing, but what is the right thing when you're mismatch? Yes. No, that's a really good question. I think just, I think learning that you are a mismatch, it's a ton, like knowing that I have another couple right now, they're precious. They've been married for 40 years and we've discovered that he's an eight and she's a nine. Mm-hmm. And so they're both body types, but their instinctual stack is very different. Um, sequence, sorry, is very different. Yeah. And so um a part of that, and they have grown kids and grandkids. And so a part of that is just laying that on the table. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he would rather it just be the two of you um mm-hmm. most of the time, and that he knows his environment's taken care of and he's got what he needs. Like for so for him, it's saying it's bringing up that social instinct. And then for her, it's more, she's more dominant in self-preservation and then social and then repressed in her sexual or one-to-one. So it's just laying that information on the table and saying like, this is a real contender, I think in everyday life, but definitely when other people are involved and definitely during sort of the holiday season, when it's more when you're faced with more of those sort of choices, like, do we join in on this? Do we host this? But I think just having the language is really helpful and being able to say like the idea is to have them balanced. And yes, November, December, some of January, it's usually pretty high social. 
like Mm. usually pretty high. So just being aware of that and knowing that we're going to have to do some things, some work and some intentional planning in order to rebalance ourselves out as we're going through this period of time. And then probably afterwards. Wow. Okay. That makes sense that when you're really working together to balance life will start to get closer, but you might have to be the one to start the balancing. Mm -hmm. You might have to be the one to lean in first and say, I get that you have this. And then maybe you have some boundaries to set too, if your spouse doesn't fully lean into you. Cause like you said, I like how you mentioned, like people have decades worth of, you know, holdings from previous generations. So you might feel like, man, I'm self-prez or I'm one-to-one. I have to have a little of that. And maybe your spouse doesn't get that or you're social and they're like, I'm a hermit. So Mm -hmm. I like how we can also set some boundaries individually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really wise to start individually because the model I sort of use with couples is like, if I'm taking care of myself and spiritually, emotionally, physically, and Palmer's taking care of himself in those ways, we're going to be closer. Like we're going to be closer to each other. We're going to be closer to God. But I think you do a really good job in your teachings of that. Like first you need to attend to yourself and make sure Um, you know, identify sort of what you need. And during the holiday seasons, like I know I need extra time alone. I need extra time outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I need, you say that you need your walks, you need to be nature. Yes. I need like, I need my baking Christmas cookies by myself. And then I need my baking Christmas cookies with my kids because they love to do it. But you know, it's not how I like there's, I have a big one wing and a big eight wing. I feel like, so like that one wing when I'm doing my Christmas cookies, I need one batch <laughs> to like look good and then one batch to just do it together. It's like knowing what you need before you head into the busy season, I think is just a good practice to, to hopefully work towards and we won't do it perfectly. I certainly don't, but it's helpful when I do, I feel more prepared and and for me more at peace. I have a funny thing I do. If we host anything, um, I will work super hard to get everything done so that the last hour I can literally sit by myself or I can go for a walk and like prepare for having the gathering, like prepare, like almost like a margin in between, um, of white space in between, um, and I've learned that I, I need that so I can actually be present and like enjoy the gathering that I've spent mm. time planning and hosting and mm. cooking for. So, mm. wow. Oh, that's so cool. That's, I think that's a huge model for all of us. Just, it sounds dreamy to go <laughs> into the holidays with some boundaries for yourself. And, um, also even like you said, I teach that, but just hearing you say that encourages me to do that because I think we're on the same page now, but I know things get weird at the holidays and we get tired. And so you just kind of go through old behavior sometimes. So I'm really encouraged. And also I know as a nine, you're both doing dominant and repressed. So I also like how you've got your wings going, but you also just say, you know, I can lean out and lean in a bit. Tell us about that. Cause I think that's something a lot of nines aren't aware of. What is it like? What does it mean to be doing dominant and repressed? I could talk all day about that and give you so many funny stories, but I'll just give one. So I do, I do all day long. Like at first, when I first started learning about the Enneagram and I heard about sloth and nine and inertia, I was like, I do all day long. Like I love to exercise. Like I'm just, you know, you do jogging, don't you too? Yeah. Yeah. I do a good bit of that and some strength workouts and things like that. Um, now that I'm back in the States. Um, so I'm like, what, what is this sloth thing? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But essentially, um, how I illustrate my doing all day is I honestly just do what's right in front of me. And it takes me, so one, for instance, I love to be out in my yard and my vegetable garden and, and my plants and flowers and stuff. So I'll like set out to go prune the roses mm-hmm. and I'll be out there pruning the roses and then I'll see some weeds are encroaching. And so I'll start weeding. And then I see there's more weeds <laughs> down across there and I'll go over there and weed. And then I'll notice that like this plant is sort of looking like it needs to be divided and separated and replanted somewhere else. It's getting too big. So I'll do that. And it'll be like a trail. I mean, it'll be like a trail, like the wheelbarrow, my gloves, shovel, a rake, um, 
garbage bag for weeds and Palmer will come out uh, or no, I'll be inside and I'll have taken a shower and I'll be like inside doing something. And he'll be like, are you done? Are you done outside? (laughs) And I'm just like done. So like done my way through the whole yard, Mm -hmm. but not actually completed. Like I have not pruned the roses all day. (laughs) That is a great analogy. And even just all of us can go back to the garden of life, how people probably do this analogy in so many different places, but yours is an actual garden. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it happens all the time. And I, it's brought so much yeah. insight into my life to, to, to say, you know, Haley, you have been moving through life and doing and been busy for your whole, as, as long as you can remember but you have been asleep. Like you have been, you are good at a lot of things, but you're really not great at one thing. Mm -hmm. And that was like the hardest thing for me to learn. And I cried and I cried and, you know, Mm -hmm. ask God, okay, I I know this is true about me. Now, what do you want me to be great at? Like, I'm listening to you. What do you want me to be great at? Um, And he's, you know, he spoke those, a lot of those things to me over this past year. Um, and it's just very encouraging, but it is, um, it is so different and it is a practice. And I am daily having to bring more focus to what I'm doing. Um, you know, preparing for this, uh, I, I could have gone to sleep with it. I could have just done the minimum and gotten by and not been super focused, but it's very important to me. And, you know, it's an honor to speak um, to you and spend this time together. And um, so this was a pretty present practice of you're not, you know, you're, you're focused, you're zoned in, you're, you're moving more in your security space of three um, and being efficient and, and believing that you're good at this. Um, So that's a, that's a, a long, a long-winded answer of, you know, being doing dominant and doing repressed, but it shows up every day, all day long. And I just continue to be patient with myself and continue to, okay, let me just bring it back around. Like, what was I, what was I doing? What, what do I actually need to do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so helpful to hear. And we're just all so thankful because I know that you said it well, when you said God's been showing me which things I do need to be present and showing up fully for, because you can't do it with everything. Practically speaking, you can't be amazing at everything, but you have been amazing today. You really have shared with us so many amazing tips. So thank you for putting the time in. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Well, where can our listeners catch up with you? And I don't know if you're offering coaching. I know you're amazing with groups. Tell us about what you're doing these days and where we can find you. Yes. I think probably the easiest place to find me would be on Instagram. And then you can link to my website email. And that's just salt light therapy Enneagram. And right now I'm really just focusing in on my uh, clients and my local office and my couples. I do offer virtual counseling. Oh, absolutely. I did that all year long in England and I'm happy to pick that back up with new clients who don't live in my area. I'm getting to run some groups in my church, which is super exciting, some Enneagram groups. So, you know, guys just sort of opening the doors and, and, you know, I have some really good friends who are a good, a little bit older than me that are some really good Enneagram work. So we're talking and praying about how to continue that and do some more things for our community and our church here. Yeah, I think those would be the main, the main things that I have going on at the moment. So it's a, it's a good, it's just enough. It's not super overwhelming for me, but it's pushing me and challenging me and, and very fulfilling. Hmm. It sounds like it. I can hear your passion. And so even though you're self-pres dominant, you're like, but when I'm in my element, when I can find the areas of the one-to-one in the social, it's exciting. And I like it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. God's given me such a good, just a, doing what I do is I'm just so thankful for it. Cause I get to, you know, share some sacred space, not every session, not every minute of every session, but it really does just make me, make me believe that I am making a difference slowly and that, you know, he's, he's using my giftings and my temperament. Um, I did laugh at, at learning the Enneagram, you know, 
you know, nines can make you fall asleep, like just sort of make you melt and just sort of relax. And so that's, that's, you know, just knowing when to be in that zone as a counselor and knowing when I need to wake up and, you know, Mm -hmm. has been a really, a really neat thing for me too. Yeah, that's really cool because you're like, I want to empower people and be awake, but I also want to lean into the gift that I always appreciate about nines is that feeling of peace. Mm-hmm. So thank you for not abandoning your gifts while you seek out the other aspects that were shadows. Thank you. It's amazing to hear. Thank you. Okay. Well, you guys have a great day, you and hubby. And thank you for your time today. We are so grateful. And I'm putting your Instagram in the show notes. I love your Instagram. It's so clarifying and peaceful. So thank you for being there for us. Oh, awesome. Thank you for saying that, Krista. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. This was such a wonderful episode with Haley Brown. She is fantastic. Please check her out. Her links are in the show notes and please follow her. She has got clarifying, awesome tips. I love her so much and I'm so grateful. Also remember our collective is opening back up this Saturday and we'll have it open for just a short time so that you can pop in and get moving with us on your marriage with intention. So check that out in the show notes. Also, So I hope you have a good day, a good week, and I am thinking of you as we do our work with intention. Before we finish, I said I would be sharing a special prayer with you. So let's go ahead for those who want to share in this time of prayer and intention and focus together. God, I just thank you so much for this time, this new season, this season of growing toward one another with love. I pray that we would put on the best of our Enneagram type gifts together, that we would truly know how to bring goodness to our families and justice. I pray that we would truly know how to bring and be lovers and givers. I pray that whatever we do, we would do with excellence and not be afraid to shine brightly and to become more and more. But I also pray that we would understand that everyone has that availability. Everyone has a gift and we are no better or no worse. And may we approach this with humility as well as creativity. May we also remember that focus will bring us this deeper understanding when we truly give ourselves over to our projects, but especially to our people. I pray that we would really be good at planning and stewarding and wise with what we have in front of us, as well as releasing in freedom what is out of our control and what needs to be in your hands. I pray that we would know how to protect and show our power in healthy ways and defend the defenseless. And I also pray that we would do a great job of bringing peace and love in to not only everybody out there, but also know how to receive so that we can truly continue to give well. And we thank you so much for this time. Amen. Okay, you guys have a great day. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you loved today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.